Welcome to Bear Attack. I am Panda Bear. I'm Sam Oceans. I am Nate. I'm... Let's bow. Sorry. <laughs> I forget. Polar Bear goes in the middle. <laughs> I messed it up. <laughs> nah, it's fine. You're just being a Sam sandwich today. That's right. <laughs> the way I prefer to be. He's the not-so-meaty filling. Makes me feel less awkward when I'm sandwiched by the Sams. I don't feel like mm. so odd one out. It probably breaks us up a little better, too. But anyways, I'm Sam Montano. I'm Polar Bear. Today, we're doing another listener request. Yes. Not, he's not so much a listener. He's more of the fifth bear. Eddie Tugis, the maestro of Wings of Death, the non-human, non-responsive person that was on that, the guy that made everybody laugh with no yeah. reactions whatsoever. If you want to see <laughs> me cry and hear Montano, Polar Bear, throw up, violently profusely oh yeah it's on so YouTube. bad bear attack podcast, oh, hot ones. so <laughs> bad speaking of youtube before we get to the main topic again sidetrack when this airs as of last week we have another big video up on youtube we did an in and out versus shake shack review we had multiple cameras for about half of it and then two of the cameras decided to crap on themselves so we ended up with a better quality camera in the end but <laughs> we didn't know that till afterwards but yeah go check that out youtube leave a comment etc donate to us on anchor you know all the fun stuff what album are we talking about so yeah back to bigfoot what's eddie's poison his poison oddly enough not what i would have expected from him at all this is like out of left field this doesn't surprise yeah. me at all yeah uh, not shocked so there was this little show on Adult Swim back in the mid-2000s to early 2010s called Metalocalypse. And we're not going to talk about the show so much because that's a whole other deal in itself. And it's a can of worms I didn't want to get into. Uh, that's pretty brutal. <laughs> but I, we're going to talk I about the band. The, I bought the first season after I got off work today. <laughs> We're going to talk about the band from that show. They are called Death Clock. Spelled D-E-T-H-K-L-O-K. You can't actually look up the band on Spotify. You actually have to look up Metalocalypse and then it'll pull it up. Metalocalypse colon Death Clock. Because if you just look up Metalocalypse, that's an actual band. 2G's request that we listen to their first album, the Death Bum 1, because there's three. I'd seen like the Metalocalypse memes but I'd never watched the show. And then Polar Bear brought it up on an episode earlier, I think back in season one, I don't remember which one it was. But uh, we talked about Murder Face and all that. And so I, <laughs> I went and watched like a best of Metalocalypse on YouTube. And my uh, friend slash future roommate, John and coworker, I was like, I like showed it to him. And uh, we had a great laugh about it. And that's how I came to know about Death Clock. But I'd never actually listened to their music until today, outside of the show. 75% of their fans die at every show. <laughs> yeah. it's so, a little bit of context. The, there's the fictional band. Then there's the actual people that make the music that are real people. I'm going to talk about a little bit of both. Just a little backstory on the TV show. It's about this like super brutal, popular death metal band they're the uh, best but death and most popular death metal band in the world that's true the 12th and, but they're also largest they're economy also, in the world <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. 
They're basically Metallica if Metallica founded a country. <laughs> and had no brain power for anything. And it was super brutal. Yeah. Brutal. They're getting like spied on by this like cult, like Illuminati style, like I guess it's a task force sort of thing. Yeah, it's it's some kind of U.S. government thing. But uh, this whole situation was created by Brandon Small and uh, Tommy Blocka back in, I believe it was like 2007-ish when this album I'm dropped. I'm sorry, did you just say Waka Flocka? I said Blocka Flocka. She said, look ma, no hands. She said, look ma, no hands. And no darling, I can't dance. And I'm with Waka, I'm with Waka. I just got zip a chance. Uh. Ladies and gentlemen, we apparently are listening to a rap album today. Oh, That's Check. as much of that song as I can do on this channel since we're family friendly. <laughs> Sometimes. I don't know how family friendly we can be. I'm trying to beat around the bush with this subject because, you know, it's super brutal and disgusting and uh, totally not family so, friendly ever. No. So uh -huh. they kill, like, a lot of people in the theme song and the rest <laughs> of the episode happens. <laughs> Yeah, don't uh, watch this show and or listen to this album if you have people under the age of 13 around you. Just saying. If you're one of those people who can't understand, like, harsh vocals or, like, kind of, like, kind of stuff, then you're, you're, you're probably safe listening to the album. But that's about it. And if you don't have a dark sense of humor, you will most likely be offended. <laughs> yeah. I think it's important uh, to say that the entire show is a satire of metal. Yeah, pretty much. Like, like it's, when people it's all make making fun of, metal, fun of it. <laughs> yeah, when people like that have never heard like screamo, but they like know what it initially sounds like, and you know everybody makes fun of it. This is basically what Death Clock sounds like. <laughs> yeah, they're every stereotype of every brutal metal band. <laughs> and even like in let me, one band, when I get into the fictional band members, like it, it totally like corroborates that. So, back to Bigfoot. Let me get into the uh, fictional band members here that were can you uh, can you animated. save the, the bass player's name for last it's the it's the best he is the last actually other than the guy that's no longer the, the character that got kicked out of the band <laughs> i didn't know one got kicked out <laughs> spoiler alert. Ah, knowledge is power my friend go so, let's go name them the vocalist the front man the disgusting guy that doesn't know how to enunciate words <laughs> He's my favorite. Nathan, Ex Nathan Explosion and yeah, uh, yeah, Brandon yeah, Smalls yeah. quoted was saying this entire vocal style that is in Death Clock was based off of George Corpse Grinder Fisher from Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> yeah, which I, I totally hear. Kind of looks like him too, <laughs> minus the sunny oh. personality. Hey Sam, do you want to do the lead guitar's name? It's something super Scandinavian, and I can't say it. <laughs> um. Oh, hold on. Let me look it up. Okay, so the lead guitarist's Schwischgar? name is Schwischgar. Schwischgar. Squizgelf. <laughs> yep, Squizgelf. Yeah, and uh, his playing that you hear is based off of Ingve Malmsteen. I don't know how I can say that, but I can't say the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Going to another Scandinavian member of the band. This guy is from Norway. His name is a lot easier. His name is Toki Wartooth. He's the rhythm guitar player. And his playing was based off of Iron Maiden. I love Toki. Toki's a sweet he's boy. The, yeah, he's the sweet He's a sweet boy out of all of them. He's the kid who was definitely homeschooled. 
<laughs> well, actually, he's Nathaniel, yeah. if he was in a brutal band, his people. his dad was a pastor, so in the show, <laughs> the fictional father. <laughs> no, you guys don't understand. I'm doing the trumpets. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the drummer that makes this death machine roll, <laughs> and uh, how he's from Boston. <laughs> Pickles is the character's name. <laughs> no last name, just Pickles. <laughs> just Pickles. <laughs> and funny enough, Brandon Small, the creator of Death Clock and Metalocalypse, based the drumming style off of Roger Taylor from Queen. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Pickles, I, I think, has more of a Chicago a... accent. I don't know. Yeah, if you guys could just uh, calm it down over there. So before we get to the final member of Death Clock, I'm going to talk about one former member, the only member that got kicked out of the band, and he plan on plays an antagonist throughout the series. For being uh, too violent. He was yeah, kicked for... out of Death Clock for being too violent. Ooh, I have not got that far on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Nate, I don't mean to spoil these things for you, no, but it's, it's just so funny. It's good. Go for it. Let's hear it. <laughs> the John Rambo of Death Clock. So, Magnus Hammersmith, a former guitarist of the band Death Clock, was expelled for be- for his violent behavior. Huh. When you're too violent for a band who makes their own phone that's all blades. <laughs> and kills 75% of their audience on the first song they play live. Like, come on. <laughs> it's not their fault they all die, though. They kind of just create a human blender and kill themselves. <laughs> the mosh pit is that serious. Well, it doesn't help that the band like drops the stage out of a helicopter on top of like the front yeah. row. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tradecopter! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the final active member of the fictional Death Clock, bass player of this wonderful fictional band, William. Wait for it. Wait for it. Murder face. <laughs> Murder face. <laughs> you do that? How do you do that so well? I have to watch the show with subtitles on because they all are just like, well, two of the guys don't really speak English that that well because they're Swedish. Scandinavian. Nathan just growls all his lines. Pickles, I can understand, okay. And then Murderface. Tommy Blocka, the other creator of the show, had to stuff paper towels in his mouth initially to make the voice happen. (laughs) He finally refined the technique and didn't have to do that anymore, but I thought that was awesome. I feel like they're just going too far with it. I just want to be able to know what people are saying. <laughs> so let's talk about the real people behind the music. This wait, is wait. this is all my favorite. From... My favorite murder face moment I think happens in the first episode. Is he does a bass solo and he drops his. <laughs> a little bit of context about uh, William Murder. There's face. no context to that on Murder Face. He just do. No, no. It's, he it's it, literally it says on Wikipedia that his character is socially awkward and meant to be a total dick. Yeah. Which, I mean, typical Tracks. bass player. They have this vibe of being the quiet, like, macho type. I think Murderface fits that bill pretty well. 
He's also the least, like, hardcore metal guy in the band, dress-wise, because he's, like, denim sleeveless vest, black t-shirt, shorts. So his backstory is that his dad killed his mom when he was a child and then killed himself with a chainsaw, so, yeah. Both both uh, murders with a chainsaw. Yeah, well, with a name like Murderface. <laughs> yeah. He has issues. No, shit, don't say. <laughs> I just I just watched the episode where they all go to band therapy. If <laughs> you actually want to experience what we're talking about, go watch like an episode or two of Metalocalypse and you'll totally see what we mean. They just, have this one poor guy in a suit trying to wrangle all these just nutcases together. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, we did it. We made too much money again. speaking of nutcases let's talk about the masterminds behind this whole madness and the thing that is really confusing about death clock is that they legit toured as a real band they went on tour with like mastodon and machine head and stuff what that's so much fun oh i would have loved to see that and there's like legit people in this band too like yeah so brendan small was the original creator one of the original creators of death clock he does the vocals which we already mentioned are based off of Cannibal Corpse. He plays guitar, bass, and keyboard. And then you have Gene Hoagland of Testament, Dark Angel, and Death Fame. They call him the Human Drum Machine. He's toured with the band, and he's recorded on all the albums. He's been with them since the beginning in 2007. Nice. Brian Beeler is the bass player. He's toured and recorded with Steve Vai and Joe Satriani. So another legit guy. He's also toured and recorded on studio albums. You also have Mike Keneally. He worked with Frank Zappa and many others. He played guitar on tour with them since the beginning. Pete Griffin played bass for Death Clock on tour in 2012 and 2019. Not to and be confused with Peter Griffin, or Family Guy fan. Nilla Broche, who has played with Paul Gilbert, Tom McElpine, and she was in the all-female tribute to Iron Maiden for a while, the Iron Maidens. Who oh. I love, and if you haven't seen them, they're fantastic. She toured with Death Clock on tour in t- 2019 as well. So nice. Iron Maiden! That covers... Heavy uh, metal! Yeah. That covers the members of the band and then a little bit of the backstory. Let's talk about the real reason we're here. <laughs> the the album that we got requested. The Death Album. Not part two and not part three. The first one. Why the first one, you ask? I have no idea. They all sound the same to me, but... Because <laughs> uh, it all started here. Yeah, I'm glad we did this one. Um, well, yeah. I ended up listening to all of them to a degree. I skimmed the, f- the second one and third one as well. This one's the one that Polarbush said it, it got the ball rolling. And it comes out of the gate real hard. Yep. So it was released in September on September 25th, 2007. Uh, the funny part of it, it is it debuted at number 21 on Billboard Magazine's Top 200. <laughs> it's a given. Nice. It's 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 a fictional like real. Uh, this band is so complex because there's the whole. It's a real side. fictional band. Yeah, because it's legit. The track listing for the Death Bum, number one, Mermaider. Go into the water, awaken, blood recruited, go forth and die, fan song, better metal snake, the lost Vikings, thunder horse, briefcase full of guts. That if that's not a tribute to Cannibal Corpse, I don't know what is. <laughs> uh, birthday, death day, hatred copter, 
oh, this one. I had the hardest time trying to figure out how to say it. Castraticon. Castraticon? Yeah. Yeah, Castraticon. I'm assuming based off of the word castration, which is just disturbing in itself. <laughs> castration uh, and also a book about it. <laughs> the Face Fisted, which yes! is disturbing. And Death Romonic, so... Face Fisted is my favorite song on all of the albums. <laughs> Face Fisted is definitely in my top five. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, it was always my favorite, and then they made Bat Metal with it, and then it was my favoriteurist. <laughs> no, it's probably number six for me, but it was top five, and then I'm like, wait, no, I have to put this song in there. Sorry. <laughs> But my initial thoughts on the album, it's In Flames meets Arch Enemy meets Amon Amarth. Yep, that's pretty accurate. My first thoughts on it was, this is Death Clock. <laughs> Especially like the Lost Vikings, I was like, wait, is it just because it's about Vikings that I'm getting Amon Amarth vibes, or is it just Amon Amarth? But, uh, <laughs> Both. I started this album on my way to work. And uh, I was like, Mermaider, that's a title for sure. And <laughs> dude, I freaking love it. There's Axes, check. <laughs> check. Yeah. They, like, check. They go through this checklist of like weapons and it is great. I don't, it just pumps me up. <laughs> At the end, vengeance, check. So in the show, they make an album called the Underwater Album for fish. <laughs> And they get sued for killing people because the second song on the album is, like on this album, is Going to the Water. And Mermaider and Going to the Water were from the Underwater album. And uh, a bunch of people went into the water and drowned. And they actually put on their album on the spine in big letters, made for fish, exclusively for fish. <laughs> because fish have no metal to listen to. And so that's how they got out of their lawsuit. And we're like, they should have seen this isn't made for people. I have a bunch of one word thoughts for each song because I was like, man, I just don't get this album. As a whole, I'm like, ah, ah, ah. Like it's supposed to, it's beating the crap out of your ears. <laughs> you know, if you so, go into this thinking it's for... gonna be a serious album, you're gonna have a hard time. If you go into this being like, yeah. how is this funny? Yeah. You're gonna yeah, have exactly. a good time. Yes, very so, true. My one word for Mermaider is groovy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dang, this could be this, this could be a Pantera song. Groove. My Nate style opinion note is Bat Metal too. <laughs> Can you explain so, that? Yeah, to yeah, what, what is metal? this bat metal thing? Okay, so if you go on YouTube and you search up Bat Metal, somebody animated the Bat Family, like Batman, Robin, the Red okay. Hood, gotcha. Nightwing, like all of the Batman characters as a band. And okay. the first one plays Face Fisted, and the second one plays Mermaider. Okay, nice. And it's yeah. possibly the funniest thing I've ever seen. I'm definitely it, checking that out. Song number two is Go Into the Water. <laughs> Surprisingly, I felt like there was a some beautiful quality about it. I can't explain it, but it, it spoke to me. <laughs> did it make you want to go into the water? It did. I see why those people went and drowned. No, Nate. No drowning. That's bad. Bad. <laughs> go talk to somebody about that, please. It's, bad. What are your guys' notes on going to the water? 
I said I feel damp and moist. My note for going to the water was a monomarth question mark. Go <laughs> the water. Yeah, I I feel I get it. I see that. All right, song number three, Awakened. They summon a troll in Finland that destroys like half the country. Yeah, I feel like you have to you have to watch the episodes to think the songs are that much funnier. Yeah, I mean Awakens. It's it's a song. I like it. That's about all I have on it. Mine was Bat Metal Forever. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be his answer to everything. <laughs> it's the third no, one. No, no, just those, just those three. So my note for Awaken, to me, the opening riff sounded like the theme song to the Teen Wolf TV series. So I'll try and like mash those up when I do the post-production on this episode and see if I'm actually accurate or I'm losing my freaking mind. But it sounds similar. Like, oh, like, guitar even riff. if anyway. they don't fit, can you like play one, then play the other, and then try to put them over top of each other. And if they don't match at all, just leave them like that. Yeah, I'm excited to hear this. Was that your note no. on Awaken? panda that it sounds yeah, like bat metal forever yeah that it, so- that it sounds that it sounds like the team wolf theme song yeah okay that's my note how about bloodrick you did <laughs> i love this song yes <laughs> I, it's a good song my my note said <laughs> what a jam so I was driving my car, not really paying attention, but I was listening to the album because, you know, homework. And I, this song came on, and I'm like, wait a minute. When did I start listening to P.O.D.? <laughs> hmm. I don't know if I get P.O.D. vibes, but... Not from, like, the vocal, but, like, the actual riff itself. I'm like, dang, that's got some P.O.D. rhythmic weirdness in there. Huh. I mean, P.O.D. has done so many things. I just like the lyrics. I I didn't know what they were about when I listened to it. On the show, a guy accidentally cuts himself and bleeds everywhere, and then some cable falls into it and electrocutes him. And Nathan goes, Electrocuted. That's a good song title. And that's how the the episode ends. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they don't even play the song or anything. That's just it. <laughs> if you think the album is good, let's watch the show and you'll think the album is way funnier than the actual show. Mm-hmm. The show just adds context to make the album funny. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Go forth and die. Well, that's a little insulting. Can I just stay here and finish the episode at least? Nope. Get on it. Okay. Chop, chop. All right. Bye, guys. My note on this one was seriously Viking metal. Hmm. I I didn't write anything for this. I think I was driving. <laughs> this one I've I've actually listened to this one a few times, and uh, if there's a song on the album that I don't get, it's probably this one. I'm just kind of like, eh. Again, I think you need to watch the show for context. I think that's part of the problem with this album. Because they're written to tell a story that is told on the show. 
Yeah, I haven't I haven't gotten to the episode where they do go forth and die. Yeah, but how about fan song, guys? Oh, how yeah. How about that? That's a great episode of the show. <laughs> you mindless mutants. I'd seen a clip of the show that had fan song in it, and that stuck with me before listening to this, so that was kind of everything I knew about Death Clock was fan song. My note for this was hilarious. <laughs> it's about how trash their fans are. It's like, <laughs> you're 35 and still live in your parents' basement. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they did write a song called I Ejaculate Fire, so come on. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, don't see how these songs are similar in that they're both just goofy, but <laughs> I mean that is the whole point. They're just goofy. Better metal snake. I don't remember this song, I didn't write anything down, so It's like great. Friends. What was this song about? A banking a better metal snake. <laughs> my least favorite song on the album in my note was Crappy at the Gates. Oh really? <laughs> I kind of liked it. Yeah. I was vibing to it. I just feel like the rest of this album is like super dark and serious, and then there's this song, and it's just like, what? <laughs> you not listen to the Birthday Death Day? Birthday Death Day is the most whimsical song on the whole album. Mm-hmm. So at this point in the album, John and I at work put the album on the sound system in the warehouse, and we just sat down and started working on lights and tying up cables and stuff like that while we listened to the rest of the album. It was great. I think <laughs> this album's definitely better enjoyed at louder volumes. Agreed. The Lost Vikings, Moramana Marth stuff. Exactly what I said. I said, okay, seriously, it's a Monomarth. <laughs> if the album art was like to convey a song on the album, it would be The Lost Vikings. I think the Lost Vikings is their most serious song. You know, besides Face Fisted. Right. <laughs> Obviously. I can't take... I can't take... Yeah. <laughs> Thunder Horse is just played quickly in the show while uh, they do a music video for it. Kind of a Conan the Barbarian homage. With a, I was gonna say it sounds like it sounds like Iron Maiden mixed with In Flames. Yeah, accurate. Uh, it sounds like magic with more magic. Oh yeah, you feel it. <laughs> it was it I was. Did, was it. <laughs> it was more of an eh song for me. <laughs> How do you feel about brief, a briefcase full of guts? It's a. Uh, it's. I said, "Ooh, cannibal corpse." Yeah, very much so. Birthday, death day. Many years ago, My note. something began growing inside your mother. That something was you. <laughs> <laughs> My note was, "I'm straight up offended." <laughs> really? <laughs> I think this yeah. song is so funny. Oh my gosh, I love it. It's the song that even, they wrote even for... Even Amy chuckled a little bit at this song. It's the song that they wrote for Murderface's birthday. 
See, if it has more context, it's less offensive. But if you're listening to it as like a legit song, it's totally like terrible. Oh, no. I mean, like if you're listening to it as they're talking to you, it's terrible. But if you're listening to it, remember if they wrote it for Murder Face, it's pretty funny. No, man, I, I, I mean, I hadn't seen the show when I listened to this this morning, and I was like, I was like, oh, this is nice. Wishing me yeah, a happy a, birthday. It's a solid, friendly gesture. I would, I would wish this. I would send this song to you guys on your birthdays. Yeah, I mean, they talk about how you're one step closer towards death, but they're not wrong. <laughs> Somebody's got to spread the truth. Okay, now. Nate, this is what I'm going to send you for your birthday from now on. <laughs> I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so let's talk about the next song, Hatred Copter. Dope cleans. This is the one with the cleans in it. My note says Cannibal Corpse, Judas Priest Master. Nice. The cleans are good. Because the cleans sound like Rob Halford to me. Yeah, they're super good. I like them. They, they come out of nowhere. It wasn't Nathan Explosion, it was Squizgard. Or, no, the uh, Pickles. One of those two. Yeah, because Pickles was the front man of Makes and Barrels before Death Call. One thing I will say about this album is it's all kind of the same, and so are all their songs. So hearing some clean vocals really helped kind of break up the monotony for me, which was nice. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad they didn't do it on every song, but it was, it was nice. A little, little something fresh. All right, let's talk about Castriticon. That was smooth. Yeah, that was well said. You practiced that a couple uh, times in your head before you said it, didn't you? Oh, dude, I was, I'm was i struggling through that one. I'm not saying it again. Don't make me say it again. <laughs> what, you're not going to say Castratacron again? Castratacron. No. you got to get that cron. In. It's not con, it's cron. Yeah, just like exactly. it's... Uh... I practiced it and I still got it wrong, see? My uh, note for this one was, if Amana Marth was Gorkor. If they were what? Gorkor. Gorecore. What's Gorecore? It's like a... A subgenre. One of the bazillion subgenres. Man, I shouldn't ask questions like this because Mr. Coon is going to flood me with Gorecore now. Yeah, it's like a gore grind, but Gorecore. It's more a breakdown. There's a gore grind? There's a porno grind. There's... Okay, are there... Don't don't listen to that. Are there people that just sit around coming up with different subgenres of metal? Yes. Seems like it. Golly! Are you not one of those people? No, <laughs> they're all get—they're all about to get face fisted. <laughs> nice transition, sir. Thank Dude, you. I can't remember a whole lot about this song other than it slaps, and I realize there's like the FPMs on this song are pretty high, and that there's a lot of F words a minute. You hate this. I feel great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so freaking tough. I'm so freaking tough. That's right. <laughs> my my note for this was Volga display a power influence question mark. Oh yeah. My note for this is just know. the lyrics written out next to it. My mental note yeah. for this is now I'm going to whenever I am trying to quote Tropic Thunder, where Tom Cruise is like yelling at the gorilla guys <laughs> on the phone. <laughs> Literally, go. Fist your own face off! <laughs> I am the Angerous now. Because <laughs> he had to rhyme with uh, dangerous. 
<laughs> it's great. <laughs> and the final track on the Death of Them 1, Death Harmonica. I sat through this whole episode just to talk about Face Fisted. <laughs> I know. Dude, I know. No, shut, your, shut your mouth. Death Harmonic is gorgeous. We're literally, I... we're literally sitting there listening to this crappy comedy album, and Death Harmonic comes on, and I was like, John, I, I feel something. This is like... <laughs> There's no other word for it. It's beautiful. It's like uh, in Jim Carrey's The Grinch Stole Christmas when he says, I'm feeling! (laughs) That's what it was like. (laughs) No, dude. I was like... Uh, yeah, it's it's mildly symphonic. My literal note was LOL symphonic death metal. Yeah, that, that's that's literally what it is. End My of. note actually yeah. says Nate will love this. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he will, Nate will feel. That's so funny. He will feel things. Yeah, I was like, this sounds like something Nate and Mr. Coon needed me to listen to. Yeah, he's dude. gonna love it. Straight up, it is very Mr. Coon Alley-ish. This is the kind of stuff that I cut my teeth on. This is uh, this is my roots. So, uh, the lyrics are like about them like trying to evade their taxes by giving to charity. <laughs> I want to keep my money. After I listened to the album seven times, because yes, I had to listen to it seven times to make sense of this mess, my overall final thought is, if Amon Marth had Cannibal Corpse lyrics with a weird Al undertone. Mm. Alright. My final thought on this is, go watch the Bat Metal videos, and this album will be seven times funnier to you. <laughs> That's, I know what I'm doing. Because you'll just picture the Bat... You'll picture the Bat Metal family playing all of these. If there wasn't a TV show behind this... I don't think I would care at all for this album, but it's almost like a mockumentary to me, like Parks and Rec or The Office or something. Like, just the fact that there's like this fictional band behind it makes it interesting to me. Aside from that, like this kind of stuff, like if like Cannibal Corpse and stuff, I don't care for at all. It just eh. no. This is not my kind of music. I just think it's funny, knowing that it's funny. So, do we want to get into our top three and or top five? For me, I'll, yes. I'll give my top three right now. You ready? Face three fisted, to, three to face one, fisted, three to one. and face fisted. <laughs> Nate, it's my joke. I get to tell it. <laughs> did I Did I call it? <laughs> yeah. Dang it. <laughs> no, no. But really, three to one? Yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. So my number three is... Hmm. I'm gonna say... Hatred Copter. Nice. My the number Judas two, Priest song? Yeah, nice. My number two is Mermaider. Yes. And my number one is Face Fisted. Very good. <laughs> saw that coming a mile away. Not <laughs> uh, my, uh, my fault with the best Blitz. songs on the album. Mr. Blitz yeah. says my number three is Going to the Water. My number two is Death Harmonic. And my number one is Mermaider. Yeah. There's just something about the checks. The checklist gets me. Number three, Mermaider. Nice. Yeah. 
Number two, Thunder Horse. <laughs> and number one, can anybody guess? Does anybody want to guess? Face Fisted? Hatred Copter. Nobody just said it yet. Oh. Then it's not a good song and you should feel that. Yeah, I kind of agree. Bludgecuted? It is. Bludgecuted is my number one. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that one a lot. I'm kind of surprised that Birthday Death Day didn't make it into any of our top three, but not that surprised. It's a very specific theme, you know? It's not very universal. I was just so offended by the subject matter that I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I still feel like it's one of the more positive songs on the album. I think it's one of the funnier songs on the album. My birthday's uh, in three weeks. Somebody buy Hot Ones the game and then we'll have to get together and make a video while playing it. Pass, because it'll sit at my house forever and never be touched. I'm, I'll get it. I'll buy it. Nate can buy it and then we can just do it once and be done with it. Yeah, Nate will talk his whole family slowly but surely into playing it with him. Oh yes, I will. <laughs> Not your grandma! I would pay money to play that game with your mom. My mom? Same. Dude, if we did I a will, mom edition. I will drive to California <laughs> to play the Hot Ones game with your mom. Chris, what do you say? <laughs> Chris, are you yeah, in? Yeah, mom. Text, text me. <laughs> I don't want to hurt her either, though. I don't think you can hurt her more than... Uh, I mean, she'll physically be tearing up, but you know how she'll just mentally stare into your soul and, like, rip you to shreds? <laughs> She's an adult. I feel no responsibility. I think she would be, she's just a, she's got a good sense of humor. Alright, so I'm loving two things. The first thing is I just got a subscription to Motor Trend. If you don't know what that is, it's based off Motor Trend Magazine, but this is for their app. And they have all, like, the oh. car shows on it. It's great. Nice. I've had Motor Trend for years, and I love it every day. And then the second thing is, there was news that came out of the NASCAR track in Southern California, which is was my home track for a long time. Currently configured as a two-mile track, but they're talking about reconfiguring it into the only short track on the West Coast. They're talking about making it about, a, I think it was a half mile, they said. It's going to be like a combination of Bristol and Martinsville. It's going to have big turns and long straightaways. That's exciting. It is exciting because, oh man, the racing there has gotten so stagnant and boring, it's terrible. Yeah, keep the I'm, speed up. I'm still saying we need to go back to they need to be actual stock cars. Mm, much more interesting for sure. I'm loving my cousin and his wife got a wakeboard boat. So they've been taking us out wake surfing. And we went wakeboarding this weekend for the brief period of time I wasn't stuck in the forest. And I went camping too, which was awesome. Played D&D &D with my parents, which was hilarious. Um, <laughs> they're surprisingly good at it. They do a good job of staying in character. My brother-in-law was this federal agent, and he comes to the town of Backwater looking for a rhinosaurus, but he has an accent. He's like, I'm looking for a rhinosaurus. And uh, my sister keeps correcting him. You mean a rhinoceros? He's like, no, a rhinosaurus. And then at the end of the... We only played for like a few hours, but at the end they found this rhinosaurus and it was actually like a massive dinosaur. <laughs> they had to fight. <laughs> the level of the town. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so that was fun. So yeah, wakeboarding and D&D &D with my family. It's pretty great. I'm loving that we had our first day under 110 today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was Dude, glorious. did you see Denver? Holy crap, I was texting El Chupacabra. They had 80 degrees on Sunday, and today was 30 and snowing. Oh, weather. What are you going to do? Before we sign out, 
I asked you guys to give me a list of your top five live vocalists that you've seen. Winston McCall is definitely somewhere in the top five. Just incredible. Flor Jensen of Nightwish, Simone Simmons of Epica. I don't know, Charlotte Wessels of Delane, she's pretty good. The second time I saw them, she was really sick, and she still put on a killer show. I mean, Jake Lures is my favorite, so I guess it'd be weird to not put him in the top five. So that's August Burns Red, Nightwish, Epica, Parkway Drive, and Delane, for those of you keeping track at home. Okay, so from 10 to 1. My number 10 is Jen Ledger from Skillet. Oh, oh yeah, I didn't th- even think about Skillet. Yeah, they're all three, Jen, Corey, John, they're all fantastic. Yeah, so Jen Ledger's my number 10, and I put her on here because she does it while drumming, which is just always impressive. Mind-blowing, yeah. My number nine is Phil Labonte from All That Remains. He was fantastic live. My number eight is Sammy Hagar of Van Halen fame and himself. I've seen Sammy Hagar three times. Okay. And he's great every time. My number seven is Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden. My number six is Tommy Shaw from Styx. Always on point. I couldn't separate these two. I just couldn't do it. So Jesse Leach and Howard Jones from Killswitch Engage. They're both fantastic. I've seen them both live. I haven't seen Howard with Killswitch. We were so close. We were so close. It'll still happen, but it'll it'll probably be next year at some point. Because they're on Light the Torch. His other his new band is on tour was, was on tour with Killswitch Engage and August Burns Red, and we were supposed to go. We still have tickets, so hopefully. So whenever that happens again, I'm in. Yeah, number four is Spencer from Ice Nine Kills. Oh yeah, dude, dude, he slays. <laughs> the whole band is killer live. If you get a chance to see Ice Nine Kills. My number three is Ronnie James Dio. I got to see him before he died. My number two is Winston McCall from Parkway Drive. Yes. Woo. And my number one, and I don't know the who. reason I did this is because he does so much, and he does even more now. Nate's seeing them; he's gonna kick himself. Yeah. Although he didn't get, he didn't go to a show where their sound was that great because it was a tiny venue. But Dave Stevens from We Came as Romans. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what? We Came as Romans live is another experience for sure. And I put him in as number one because now he has to do both parts, which is just insane to think about. And he does it good. He does. Yeah. So. Ooh, could and I... then honorable mention, Jake Lurz, of course. Nice. Could I do an honorable mention? Yeah. Someone that popped yeah, into my yeah, head? I've only seen them once. I was supposed to see them this year, but COVID. Ryan Kirby, a fit for a king. Little dude. Oh, he's uh, good too. Yeah. The little guy can just, man. <laughs> He's got you a, think he's little? I think he, I, I, he's he's my height. It's my dude. Yeah, Ocean thinks he's just average height. He's got a voice the of a man three times his size. All right, Polar Bear, wrap it up. Your top All five right. live. So these are my top five, but I don't have them in any order because I just I kind of love them all. You just thought about it now. I didn't. Yeah, I just thought about it now, and I kind of love them all. My technically two, but probably counts as one. Four years strong, Dan O'Connor and Alan Day. Here's a guy you probably. Neither one of you have ever heard of. He's the lead singer of Fair to Midland. Okay. Yeah, you mentioned him on the last episode, yeah. Yeah, I he's I think he's so good. Big fan of Roger Lima and Chris DeMackey's. DeMakes? I don't know who either of those guys are. Yeah, me neither. They're uh, the guitar, bass, and vocals. Both of them do vocals for Less Than Jake. Oh, okay. 
All right, so that's technically three. Four, Caleb Shomo. Oh, you've seen Caleb Shomo? Really? I've seen Bear Attack. We're Bear Attack. I've seen Bear Attack every other week for the last year. <laughs> We're Bear Attack. You've seen us? That's crazy. <laughs> uh, I've seen Beartooth probably close to ten times. What? Really? I love Beartooth. How did I not love know them. this? I thought that... I don't know. I heard they. I heard they were not good live. They're so good live. I gotta say, like two bucket list bands that I have yet to see that I want. No, four. Yeah, I prevail because I hear they're really good. Yep. Five Finger Death Punch because I hear they're way better live. Me. Avenge Sevenfold for the same reason. A Day to Remember, of course, because I have yet to see them. Yeah. Oh, love A Day to Remember. Jerry really McKinnon's actually my other the other singer I was gonna throw out. I want to see him. Oh, nice, dude! I, I love, forgot. I forgot my love favorite. Love A Day to Remember. My favorite vocalist, Trevor McNevin of Thousand Foot Crutch. I've seen him twice, and it's something else. My honorable mention, who's kind of the top of all the singers of all of these guys, is Chester. You've seen Linkin Park? I never Park? got to see Chester, man. Yeah, I was at the Warp Tour in Los Angeles where they just showed up and played a set. Ooh, I'm jelly. Mm-hmm. It was unexpected, but awesome. You can't see what I'm doing right now, but it's obscene. <laughs> He's gesturing. <laughs> He's gesturing, yes. The court. I'm, us- so, I'm, using an, uh, I'm using an unspecified finger. The court gesture. Directed at Polar Bear. The, the five front men or bands from before Chester, I think only really Darrow is like a training and actively trying to get better singer. Mm. I think the rest of them just like put on a fun show. I, I think mean, that's more important. If you can carry a pitch and you, can, you put on a fun show, I think you're a good front man, good singer. Yeah, being a good front man is definitely different from being a good singer. I think Caleb, even if he's not a good singer live, could get a pass just because as far as Bear Attack goes, or Bear Tooth, as far as Bear Tooth geez. goes. <laughs> well, okay, so the Bear Attack name comes from Bear Tooth and Attack Attack. <laughs> So, <laughs> which are both yeah, Caleb does, Shomo bands? So it yeah. does come from a joke about him. So on the albums, he does all those instruments. He writes and performs all of it. So yeah, he's yeah. he. They put on a great. I mean, show. I do. I own their. I I do own their last album. So it's great because every time I've seen them, they come up on stage and they say, "We're not a metal band. We're not a like." He names off all the things everybody puts in the category of. He says. We're just a rock band that likes to play really loud and fun. And they just, like, party the rest of the set. Nice. Nice. I think we've reached the natural conclusion to this death clock monstrosity and other things. But, yeah, hit us up on the Facebook, the Gram, yeah, uh, just the email. Just look up Bear Attack on any of your social medias, and you're bound to find us where the shield and axes with a bear face on it. Unless you're on YouTube. Right, and, uh, then make sure you... Links are in the description. Yeah, links are in the description. If you're on YouTube, make sure you uh, filter by channel. Because, uh, like we say every episode, otherwise you'll see a lot of Joe Rogan talking about bear attacks. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yeah, this has been Bear Attack. I'm Panda Bear. I'm uh, Polar Bear. I'm (laughs) Blithbow. Bye! Bye! Wait, I want to re-say mine. I want to say it like murder who... Man, this bear!
Oh, that is a fun one. I was going to say, why are we sending oh. gifts that the listeners can't see, and now I know why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, I, yeah, I yeah. see. Because <laughs> as long as they're not children, they should go watch <laughs> Bat Metal because it's funny. <laughs> If you're a child, it's not funny. It's very disturbing.